Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. So the last two weeks we have spent looking at the ministry of the incarcerated. First we started with Jesus, we moved on to Joseph, next week we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul and his ministry inside prison, but today we're going to talk about that same man's transformation from Saul of Tarsus to the Apostle Paul. But most importantly what we're going to talk about today are the people who made that a reality, the men who facilitated that transition. Now, if you think about it, at least when I think about it, out of all the people in the New Testament, Saul is not the guy that I would be choosing to be the messenger of Christ. He's a pain, and he's violent, and he has visited violence on the men and women that we call Christian now. But as a messenger of Christ, he still needed to be accepted by others. He needed to be empowered. But Saul is viewed as somebody who needs to be kept at arm's length, somebody who needs to be isolated, somebody to be shunned, somebody to be excluded. God's got a different plan, and that's key. God calls men and women to equip people today in the same way. And it's happening in prisons today in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Today. This Sunday. We view Saul in many ways is the same way as the uh, believers did. Somebody to be feared. But God calls these men, just like he calls men and women today, to, be a, role, to a role in transformation. Today, you and I are called to reach outside of our comfort zone. Now, that's kind of scary. But we are called, nonetheless, to get outside of our world and minister to the people that are in need. We're called to get outside the walls of this church. We're called to visit the sick. We're called to visit the prisoner. It's not really an optional behavior. True. It's uncomfortable, but that is what we're called to do. The question really is not if we have a role. The question is, how do we respond? Now, no matter what you call him, who you call him, Saul of Tarsus or Paul, he's a fascinating guy. Like I said, I don't think any of us would ever have chosen this man. Before Jesus meets Saul on the road to Damascus, Saul terrorizes the church. And that is the right word. He terrorizes the church. But Saul's encounter with a risen Lord is the start of a radical transformation. Now, at first might seem that that's all there is to it. Sometimes when we hear the story, that's what it sounds like. Meets the Lord on the road to Damascus, he gets healed, 
He goes off and does great things, lots of letters in the Bible. The end. But there's a whole lot more going on than just that. God calls his people to equip Saul, to change Saul into the Apostle Paul. God calls us today to change, to be a part of that same kind of change in prisons and jails. And we have a role to play. Saul, to me, is an amazing guy. We know that Saul spent a lot of his early life with one role, persecuting the nascent Christian faith. And he refers to it several times in his letters. We don't really know the details of why Saul feels this calling. You can get some glimpses, but we're not sure. But actually, I'm not sure that the details are really important. But whatever his reasons, Saul's persecution involves traveling from synagogue to synagogue and also going house to house to chase down and bring out new believers. We know from the book of Acts that Saul was present at the stoning of the apostle Stephen. We don't know that he participated, but we know he was there and we know he encouraged the act. And then it also tells us in Acts, he goes from house to house, bringing people out, dragging people out of their homes. That's a violent man. That's not a friendly guy. But something dramatic happens. He is struck down on the way to Damascus to persecute the church in what we call Syria today. And he is rendered sightless. And now he's got a problem because he's fully relying on God whether he realizes it or not, and he's fully relying on the men with him. And that stop in Damascus is the start of a transition that changes the world, our world, today. He first meets a guy by the name of Ananias. I love Ananias. Ananias is not a willing participant, and if you read this chapter in Acts, you see Ananias is not a willing participant. Ananias tells God, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and here he has the authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. What would you do if you were called? I know what I'd do. What's written here in Acts, I would be a little more vehement. I'd probably be asking the Lord, have you lost your mind? Who is this man? Because Ananias knows. This is dangerous. But Ananias, whether he's comfortable or not, he bends to the will of God. He's called to suspend his judgment and go minister to somebody that's not like him. The book of Acts tells us what happens. He goes to Saul, tells him, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ananias lays hands on Saul and immediately his sight returns. Now God's calling on Ananias 
to minister a man who has hurt others and could have hurt him. In fact, if you think about it, if Saul wasn't struck down on the road to Damascus, though shoe might be on the other foot and Ananias might be drug out of his house, beaten and imprisoned by Saul. Saul is not Ananias' friend. He's not sitting in synagogue next to him in the pew. He's not hanging with him down at the mud house having coffee. This is not his bud. But Ananias responds. Ananias follows the call. And so if you read the rest of the story, you see the ministry of Barnabas. Several years later, Barnabas travels with Saul, now Paul, to Jerusalem to meet the disciples. And he plays a role in Saul's transformation because he vouches for Saul, the man they know Saul, the man we know now as the Apostle Paul. And the interesting thing here is when he stands up and does this, this is based on relationship. Here's what the book of Acts tells us. When he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him. For they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles, and described to them on the road how he had seen the Lord who had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had spoken boldly in the name of Jesus. Now think about this. Barnabas is risking his reputation with the apostles. Barnabas is known as the son of encouragement. That wasn't his original name, but he is an encourager, and now he's put his, his role on the line with the leaders of the church, asking them to endorse this man. So where does that come from? Well, if you look at a timeline, it's buried deep. You've got to look hard. But what we see is there's about a two- to three-year period between the time Saul's eyesight is restored and that he now feels equipped. He feels called. And Barnabas has played a role in that. He is in relationship with Paul. And to me, whether you're talking about Saul of Tarsus or Paul the Apostle, he's not an easy guy. Everything I read tells me he is not a fun date. He is not known as Huggy. He has not got the sash across his chest saying miscongeniality. He's a big pain. Even after his conversion, he's zealous for the Lord. But you know what? Barnabas still hangs with him. He commits to that relationship, and then he puts it on the line to go to the apostles. What about you? Barnabas is called to play a role, be a part of that transition from Saul to Paul. Would you take the time to build a relationship with somebody like that? Somebody who would hurt your friends, your fellow believers? Somebody who had visited violence on others? That's hard. Now, for me, the roles of Ananias and Barnabas are, are fascinating. I, I, I love this story. These are men that took a big risk. They followed God's direction. They suspended judgment. They took care 
of a man in need, Saul. But the interesting thing to me, and we don't know unfortunately, or at least I believe it's unfortunate, I would love to know the details, I would love to see the transcript of the meeting between the apostles and Barnabas and Paul. Because Barnabas testifies about who this guy is. And I would love to see the backroom conversations between the apostles about who Paul is. Because if it was me, I'd be saying, really? Really? You want us to trust this guy? We know what he has done. And we're supposed to equip him? We're supposed to play a role? The apostles are called to step outside of their comfort zone. Apostles are called to go someplace they haven't gone before. And if they are betrayed, if this goes sideways, the people of Christ are in a world hurt. But they are called to do something different. They're called to take the hard road. They're called to support, to be in ministry with this man. Now, we tend to think of Saul's transformation as a simple one, two, three piece, or at least I do. He gets struck down on a road to Damascus, he gets his sight back, and then he's out and about. He wanders throughout the Mediterranean, writes lots of letters, converts thousands of people, and our history is written. But we know that there's a whole lot more going on here. There are men that are called to enable him, to equip him. And here's the other news. We are called, and enable, called to enable and equip others today, now, 2019, here. This is a story of transformation, but it's also a story of Saul's redemption and reconciliation. And his role, Saul's role, as an apostle, the new apostle Paul, can't happen without people playing a role. God has chosen this route, and people have to play a role. And the good news is they answer it, because 2,000 years later, we are the beneficiaries of their efforts. And that is an amazing thing. Now, I think it's easy, to be honest, to discard this all. You say it's 2,000 years of history, it doesn't apply here. But I am very sure that it does, because I have seen it. Maybe we tell ourselves we're not called to do this. Maybe we tell ourselves we're too busy or we don't have the skills. We're not eloquent enough, we're not smart enough, we don't have the time. There are too many other things on the calendar we are called. We've heard it in here. You're not hearing this for the first time from me. Sarah's been up here telling us. We are called. We're called to play a role. We have a part. We have a task. We have a job. And this is hard because we feel a need to judge. We call for justice. But most of the time, what we really want is retribution. We want punishment. Now, 
I've been ministering in prisons for 15 years, up in Fairfax and Culpeper, downstate. And last night I came back from a week inside, and when we're finished here today, Mary Alice and I are going to jump in the truck and we're going to zip back down to close out this week uh, we spent with men. And it has been an amazing week. 34 men from inside the Department of Corrections sat with a team of about 20 people from the outside and 10 men from the inside. And these 30 team members ministered to these 32 men. Men from the inside, they are incarcerated by the Department of Corrections. Men from the outside ministering to these people. And it is an amazing thing to be a part of. You see, that's what we're called to do. We're not necessarily called to preach the Word. We're not called to read Scripture. We're called first to show up, to be present. Just be there. That's where it starts. Because the transformation is happening, and it's not through me. It's not through my team members, and i got some wonderful team members. Man, i got to tell you, they are amazing. The felons, the non-felons, they are amazing men to partner with. But the transformation is not coming from us. It is coming from the Holy Spirit. What we have to do is show up. What we have to do is show God's love. We have to be there. But here's the hard part. The hard part is we have to suspend that judgment, that desire for punishment, that desire for retribution. Not our job. We're called to show up, show the Holy Spirit, show Jesus to these people who probably have never seen him before. Or if they did, they didn't get a chance to look at him very close. We're called to show God's love to the least, to the lost, to the prisoner. It's not an optional behavior. What about you? What's your call in this transformation? Like Saul, many people inside today's prisons have done violent things, really violent things. I get that. And believe it or not, like Saul, there's amazing transformation of these men and women going on today. The man who spent 23 years locked up for a crime he didn't commit, owns an electric company in Richmond, and he now is in the inside sitting at that table where I was yesterday, and I hope to sit here in a couple hours. The woman who spent 10 years locked up, who now owns a company that translates Braille, who was inside last week in Fluvanna, ministering. The man who spent 12 years inside of Virginia Corrections and studied that whole time to learn leadership so he could go into the ministry. There's transformation happening. And like I said, I realize people will say, we need punishment. Well, here's the good news, taxpayers. Your money is being put to work. 
I go to work down there, and I see plenty of punishment. You take two men, you lock them up in a 10 by 10 cell for a, couple, uh, for a night, you feed them the delightful cuisine of the Department of Corrections, you take away every decision that you and I make on a daily basis, what to wear, where to go, who we talk to, take that all away. There's plenty of punishment. And I'm not here to debate how much or how long or any of that. We're called to something different. We're called to that transformation. We're called to go inside and minister. And when we do, it's pretty stinking incredible. I got to tell you. Ananias, Barnabas, and the apostles, each of these men were called to be a part of the radical transformation of Saul. A man who encouraged and participated in acts of violence against fellow believers. A man who worked to bring about the end of the church. Ananias, Barnabas, and the apostles, each of these men made a choice to follow God's call. They made a choice to suspend judgment. They made a choice to become in or to come into relationship. And 2,000 years later, we get the same opportunity. So what's your call? It's easy to dismiss, to downplay your role or gift, to tell me you're too busy, you got too much going on. You have nothing to contribute. I'm no Ananias or I'm not a Barnabas. I'm certainly not an apostle. I'm not Peter. Perhaps you aren't called to go to prison. Not everybody is. I get that. But there is amazing transformation happening. And it's happening here. Here. If you don't believe me, talk to the volunteers in Grace Grocery. Go down there and help them out. One day. That's all you need. You'll see it. If you're looking for transformation, if you just go on the other side of the wall, you can see it with the children. If you come here tonight, you will see it with the youth. But what this requires us to do is something that we're not comfortable with. We're required to deal with people who aren't like us. And that's hard. I get it. God is calling us to do something hard. Now you may say you have no idea old man, what these people are capable of. And politely, politely, I would tell you you were wrong. Because I started out life in 1975 as a graduate of the Detroit Police Academy. I rolled up in a Plymouth Scout car to crime scenes that were pretty graphic. And I still have them here. I know some of you know me wonder what's up here, but I, I remember and I see some of those same things in some of these men I deal with. But you know what else I see? I get to see not Saul of Tarsus. I get to see the Apostle Paul. I get to see the Holy Spirit remaking men. Well, I don't get to see the women. You won't let me come play. But you know what? Be it the Fluvanna Correctional Center for Women or Augusta Correctional Center or Buckingham or Red Onion or Sussex 1 or 2 or Greensville, there's an opportunity. And we are called. God is calling us and it can be hard. 
real hard, but mostly it's hard in here. But the blessing of being part of that transformation is amazing. I'm telling you, it is amazing. And it is a gift, it is a blessing for us to be a part of it. Because you're not going to see it elsewhere. We have a role. I do, and you do too. Don't miss that opportunity. Let it be so, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.